1130 on this Thursday, April 29th. It's time for Midday. Tyler Cavalli along with you. Jason Jorgensen will talk NFL Draft Day coming up in just a few moments. Bob Brogan will uh, tell us how stocks are performing. Sounds like a, kind of a mixed market so far. And, of course, we'll hear from our own Paul Perkins about these beautiful temperatures that we're seeing right now and the next couple of days. Already 70s popping up on the eastern side of Nebraska, 60s pretty much elsewhere. But let's turn things over to our own Susan Littlefield. And, uh, Susan, looks like uh, temperatures are warming up in your area as well. Yeah, definitely we'll take it. 68 degrees and mm. the sun is out, so I can almost hear the soybeans trying to pop out of the ground. Hey, there you go. Today, a good day <laughs> for people to get back in the field that they've been delayed the last couple of days, and uh, we're making some headway, I suppose. We are. It just takes time. Patience is a virtue, that's for sure. That's right. Well, what do you have coming up for us on Midday? Well, Alex will kick everything off here at 1219, and she'll bring us another angler journey. Then at 1245, we'll look at some Kansas land values and a new book that's just been released from Kansas State University. And we continue our Women in Ag series. Today, I get to catch up with Linda Kratzke. She's from Venango, uh, Nebraska, which is just on the Colorado border. She gives us a great insight as to why we need to be advocates and and why we need to teach consumers about what we're doing in agriculture and with her living on the colorado border a lot of influence about what's happening there right now is affecting what she does on her operation as well so we'll hear more about that at 117. all right a lot of good information coming up here on this thursday appreciate it and have a good one you too all right thank you very much let's turn things over to our uh, jason jorgensen and uh, big day if you're an nfl if you're an nfl fan draft first round tonight the jacksonville jaguars have been on the clock with new head coach urban meyer there is no drama on who they're going to pick no this is probably the least dramatic first two picks really if they didn't have the number one pick i don't believe urban meyer would have become their Mm. head coach why would you yeah i mean why would you what entices you to take that job so uh, we'll see if he gets to show the rest of the league how smart he is and, uh, you know, the, when I think of draft day, and I, I don't know how people come down on this, I think that's one of Kevin Costner's more <laughs> enjoyable movies. Not his best movie, yeah, but one good. of his enjoyable movies. So maybe there will be a team out there today and tonight that will pull a Kevin Costner and start training all of these picks and moving up and down, and no one knows what his next move will be. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a solid movie. Check it out if you have it. It's called literally just Draft Day. He's the uh, GM right for yep, the, the the Cleveland Browns, and he obviously did a good job because look at the Browns were in the playoffs last hey, year. They hey. made some headway. Maybe he needs to become a real <laughs> GM. Kevin Costner can do it all. I'm seeing some crazy stuff on Twitter though that San Francisco's sitting there. They traded up to get to the number three pick. Mm. That they are in talks with the Packers trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Can be a wild day, it wild could night, be. and weekend potentially. All right, we'll see what happens. All right, let's turn things over to Bob Brogan, and how are stocks performing? A little bit higher, helped by big technology companies reporting strong results from uh, profits and so forth. Uh, The U.S. economy grew at a brisk 6.4% annual rate last quarter, and something that uh, probably you folks will be attending virtually this weekend. The Berkshire Hathaway Annual Shareholders Meeting Mm. will be taking place. I know that you two will be (laughs) tuning into that. It's www.berkshirehathaway.com, and you can check on how things are going. And those are some of the stories that are making the news. All right. Well, Bob, I'm, I appreciate that you think that we're able to attend those meetings. <laughs> I think you will be there. All right. Then. 
Time for regional ag weather update. It's brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. Paul Perkins joining me in the studio. And, Paul, this weather is more like it for this time of year. Yes, uh, very agreeable weather today, slightly warmer than average. Seeing a nice warm-up right now, but we will see kind of these temperatures level off as the afternoon goes on, thanks to a cold front moving through. But not going to see any big blast of cold air for this foreseeable future. It's going to be a little bit windy today, but the temperatures are only going to improve as the week goes along. Yeah, and you know, you step outside, 60s and low 70s with a breeze like this, we can take it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right now it's 65 at uh, the station, 70s out east, and like you said, it's not going to get too hot today, probably right around 70s. Exactly, and right now we do have wall-to-wall sunshine all across Nebraska and Kansas, not a cloud in the sky in either of the states, all of the cloudiness well off to our east into Illinois and southeast Missouri. Most of the temperatures currently in the mid to upper 60s, low 70s right now from Omaha to Lincoln, down to around the Hebron area and on into central and east Kansas. Sunny skies for today, slightly warmer than normal as high pressure does build in. Winds today will be northerly as the weak front continues to push its way to the south. Those winds will be a bit gusty up near 30 in the central and east part of Nebraska and Kansas. We'll get on the backside of high pressure tracking to the east for tonight. Winds become lighter and will switch to the south. A ridge of high pressure building onto the plains for tomorrow through saturday that will continue our dry weather temperatures tomorrow 15 degrees above average and then 20 degrees warmer than usual for some summer-like levels on saturday fire weather concerns will be near critical for today and tomorrow those fire weather conditions increasing too critical on saturday with summer-like temperatures and the gusty south winds in behind the passing of a cold front on sunday it won't be quite as warm but still well above normal some thunderstorms are possible during the day on sunday Thunderstorm chances increasing with low pressure tracking east for Sunday night into Monday before those thunderstorm chances taper off from Monday night through Wednesday. Right now, those thunderstorm chances for Monday, uh, Sunday night into Monday, not looking as great as they were yesterday. Still some forecast model uncertainty on the exact track of some low pressure and where those higher thunderstorm chances will be. Right now, about a 50-50 shot of getting some thunderstorms and probably nothing too great in the rainfall totals. The cool down for early next week behind that system going to be short-lived. Nebraska and Kansas temperatures the middle of next week will be seasonal to slightly above normal. Chances for warmer than usual temperatures do increase for late next week through May 12th. Nebraska and Kansas, rainfall for Tuesday through May 12th looks to be mostly below normal. There was a slight drop in soil temperatures after the cooler weather of yesterday. Four inches down at 7 this morning. Soil temperatures in the low 40s for the Nebraska Panhandle. Most other locations in Nebraska and western Kansas with soil temperatures in the mid to upper 40s. The soil temperatures in the low to mid 50s found from southeast Nebraska to northeast and central Kansas. Southeast Kansas saw the soil temperatures in the upper 50s. No change in the latest regional drought monitor for Nebraska at 38% drought free. Still no dryness issues in the central and east or if you're along and east of a line from Burwell to Kearney and Franklin. Most of the rest of Nebraska abnormally dry to a moderate drought. Southwest Nebraska continues in a severe drought. Kansas dropped 10 percentage points to 64% drought free. Much of south central and western Kansas abnormally dry to a moderate drought. Still some pockets of severe drought from St. Francis to Atwood and in the far southwest corner. Key weather factors influencing the market trade include favorable rain in the Midwest and more heat and dryness in corn areas of Brazil in the south and east Midwest 
west, moderate to heavy rain the next five days, providing beneficial crop moisture following planting. The western Midwest will see lighter amounts of rain with some concern for dryness, something that does bear watching. The Midwest weather turns much cooler six to ten days from now with some hints of frost. Central Brazil central crop areas expect little to no rain with the dry season starting to set in. That remains unfavorable for the second crop corn mostly planted later than average. So this next couple of days, uh, really prime for planting. Yes, uh, the soil temperature is going to continue to warm up, and you know that long-term forecast indicating above normal temperatures through at least May 12th. You know, you kind of get past the mid part of May, uh, you're usually out of the woods for any real cold temperatures. And a little fire weather concern really for today and tomorrow. Yeah, uh, still some dry conditions in place, especially as you go to the south and east. Uh, we have some nice rains, you know, basically from western into northern Nebraska, so the fire threat not as great there. But you go southeast to the Tri Cities, it's a little bit drier and those winds will be picking up and uh, the dry air in place in- increasing that fire danger, especially that high fire threat as we head towards Saturday because those winds will pick up for Saturday along with those temperatures getting close to 90 mm-hmm. again. <laughs> Love to hear it. Love yeah. to hear it. Uh, for a full look at the forecast, including this upcoming weekend, where can somebody find that? Weather page, krvn.com. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> The Angler Entrepreneurship Journey, celebrating success, embracing failure, and inspiring the entrepreneur inside of you. It's time to leap. You probably have an idea in your mind already. Maybe it's making this new product. Maybe it's creating a service and helping people with it. But a lot of times you just don't want to take that leap. So I'd say just take that leap. Thanks so much for joining. That's the voice of Cole Kalkowski, a sophomore mechanical engineering student originally from Omaha. He's also the owner of CJK Media, where he offers videography, photography, design, and drone work to his customers. I get the best side of both things because my family also ranches up near Lynch, Nebraska in Boyd County, so I have that ag side as well. Cole is a licensed drone pilot, so he takes video footage of anything you can imagine on that ranch. But that's not all he does with CJK Media. I like to do design stuff a lot, so like that's specifically logos, Um, websites, advertisements. I've done journalism all throughout high school and love the design side of things. It all just really was fun to me and it kind of clicked. So with that, I've done a bunch of design stuff. So I do that with CJK Media as well as do videography. So that would include just on the ground holding a camera videography or on a tripod as well as uh, aerial videography. So taking up my drone taking videos for someone, someone's property, someone's operation, that sort of thing. Um, And then I also do a little bit on the photography side. I like the idea of product photography a lot where you can um, change your lighting and make something stand out completely different or showcase a new product and things like that because Mm it is a great way to like show what you offer as a business or just to showcase a product. Don't forget that Cole is a mechanical engineering major. On the surface, it seems like mechanical engineering and digital media couldn't be more polar opposites. But Cole said, I think a lot of people don't necessarily see a direct connection between the two, but I see it more as a connection of like you see something and you can design a shot in photography. You can design how you want a video to look. And there's actually a lot of engineering when it comes to photography, especially when it comes to like product photography and uh, commercials like shots have to be designed and robotics actually have to be used for a lot of those commercial shots that you see on your everyday television sets 
and things like that. So I just like to put together, like in my mind, I can see what shot might look good, try it out, and hopefully it turns out okay. And Cole said since joining the Angler program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, it's helped him develop ideas and grow his business. One of the groups that kind of surprised me that was has been so helpful is just the students I've been surrounded with at Angler. Um, often I study just for engineering in one of the um, little study spaces at Angler headquarters. And uh, it's just awesome because any idea I have, someone might have some critique or someone will have a little bit of insight. They'll encourage me to go with it. Um, a lot of times they've even given me business and things like that. So the people around me have been great to build my experiences and build my business itself. You can learn more about Cole Kalkowski and his business, CJK Media, by following him on Facebook or Instagram. You can also visit his YouTube channel or visit cjk-media.com. You can also learn more about the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln at angler.unl.edu. Thanks so much for joining. Until next time, I'm Alex Wojcicki on the Rural Radio Network. It is time for Midday Sports. It's a packed sportscast coming up. Jason Jorgensen now joining us. And, of course, big day today is new dreams. We realize that the NFL draft officially starts. It does. This place and this time around, it's in Cleveland. Some NFL prospects and fans will be there in person, and Commissioner Roger Goodell will be on hand to hug or awkwardly fist bump the dozen or so prospects in attendance. And get booed yes. in, in person this time, not like last year. Yeah, last year, I mean, I give them credit for how they pulled off last <laughs> year. Fine. But, no, but him like sitting there in his basement with the fake fire behind him, that was just odd. Uh, and many, if not all, of the teams will be back at their facilities to conduct yeah. the selections. Uh, the NFL did invite 13 prospects to Cleveland. Quarterbacks are widely expected to go 1-2-3 for just the third time in the common draft era that started in 1967. And Trevor Lawrence will not be there. He is going to be in uh, South Carolina. Yeah, that's right. He tapped out, and that yeah. kind of bothered some people. But yeah. that's, I guess that's his choice. But Jacksonville will choose him number one. A lot of the talk, and I know you follow the NFL more than I do, a lot of the talk continues to be what San Francisco would do mm. with the third pick. It sounds like they're getting a quarterback. Now, whether, as you mentioned, if they do trade for somebody outside of drafting somebody, that would be interesting. But sounds like who the quarterback is will be interesting. Drew Locke suddenly has competition at quarterback for the Broncos, which isn't such a bad thing, as they acquired Teddy Bridgewater for the Panthers mm -hmm. for just a sixth-round pick, and Carolina wanted to get rid of him so badly they're even paying part mm -hmm. of his salary mm -hmm. next year. He became available when the Panthers traded for former Jets QB Sam Darnold three weeks ago. I'm okay with this move for Denver. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's better than Drew Locke. No, no doubt. Instant upgrade. You know, you're not going to win a, a world championship with uh, old Bridgewater, but, you know, we'll make strides in the right direction. And we'll see what the Broncos decide to do with that number nine pick. Here's something you might have missed yesterday. Zianis AA tried to slide this one through late in the afternoon, but the girls and boys basketball championships next March will take place in the same week for the girls and boys, Monday, March 7th through Saturday, March 12th. The reason they're having to do this is that Nebraska was chosen to host the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament at Pinnacle Bank Arena mm -hmm. on March 5th and 6th. That is going to be a little different. 
next March. It is going to be very, very busy in Lincoln. And I tweeted this out, and I'm not wrong. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> but in terms of creating a schedule, you know best as well. But in terms of broadcast schedule, they didn't ask us. No, never. Uh, but that's going to be a headache for us. You know, let's just say if a, a whole bunch of teams make it, it's a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just think of trying to get everybody on. And sometimes you have to pick and choose. And uh, they've not, they say they're going to put out a full schedule later, which makes yeah. sense. Where this really will start to affect things is when it comes to sub-district right. and district finals. That's where it will get a little different to try to get everything lined up so that they can play these games on the 7th through the 12th. Well, and you're playing both of these tournaments at the same time, so you're going to need more real estate, essentially. Now there will be new schools, but as we've seen, maybe they'll take a page out of Big Ten and uh, open up ballrooms and start playing there, too. I don't know, but good luck getting a hotel room in Lincoln (laughs) early next March. And the Concordia Volleyball team, they're in the NAIA National Quarterfinals. Five of the last eight teams left are from the GPAC. Concordia mm. takes on Dorth this afternoon at 5. That's neat stuff. That and, is. And, of course, we'll uh, be broadcasting it as well. Yeah, that's right. You can find that match today on our sister station in the York area, Max Country. All right. Very good. Thank you very much. It's time for Midday News. News Director Dave Schroeder stepping in. and Well, things are busy in your guys' world today. Yes, it always seems like there's a lot going on. So we, we there, there's no slow news people. Just uh, There's no slow news days, just slow news people. Ah, okay, so. now we got it right. And now, there's some days like that, too. Not very often. <laughs> That's right. News never sleeps. That's right. Nebraska Secretary of State Bob Evnen says that the state continues to make strides in the area of international trade. He gives a great amount of credit to Assistant Secretary of State Cindy Allen, who is working on trying to develop a food aid product. There's a corn-soy blend that is in the food aid pipeline now. Uh, Research is being done to see whether we could add dry beans, which would increase the protein content and would then serve as a way of distinguishing between uh, the corn soy blends that are in the food aid pipeline, it would, we'd have an improved product to offer. Uh, so that holds out some promise. And there's research being done at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln now to see if uh, such a product could be de- developed. Evden also credits Allen for her work in making it possible for Nebraska to be one of only five states that will be featured in the U.S. Pavilion at the Dubai Expo 2021 World's Fair that starts in October. Evden says state officials will be working to get producers, value-added ag manufacturers, and implement manufacturers to take part in the expo. Evden says Cindy Allen is an international trade expert with experience on at least 20 trade missions. The 2021 Buffalo County Fair Concerts will feature some of the finest artists in country music. Marketing Director Andrea Woolen says you're pleased to host Diamond Rio on Thursday, July 22nd. Then Dustin Lynch with Ingrid Andrus will take the stage on Friday, July 23rd. Tickets go on sale May 7th. The murder trial of a Winnebago man accused of killing his fiancée last year in the Winnebago Indian Reservation in northeast Nebraska has been postponed. 26-year-old Jonathan Rooney's federal trial, which had been scheduled to begin May 10th in Omaha, has been pushed to August 16th. Rooney is charged with U.S. District Court with second-degree murder and tampering with documents in the killing of 22-year-old Cozy Decora. 
Officers responding to a call for help from Decorah on May 16th found her burning remains in a fire outside a cabin near Winnebago. Rooney was found sleeping in the cabin with the couple's four-month-old son. Authorities say a 16-year-old girl was killed this week when a pickup truck crashed into another vehicle that was broken down on the side of the road in northwest Kansas. The Kansas Highway Patrol reports it happened late Wednesday night on State Highway 18, a few miles west of Plainville. A westbound truck crashed into the disabled SUV, then hit another truck. Troopers say 16-year-old Carol Adamson of Plainville was standing outside the SUV at the time of the crash and was hit. A 21-year-old Iowa woman standing outside the vehicle and the 20-year-old Stockton man driving the truck that crashed into the SUV were also injured. On the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder. Field work is in full swing, and we know you're in the tractor from sunup to way past sundown. KRVN, the River, and Cami are geared up for 2021 spring breaks. We'll be the ones driving up in a vehicle from Pony Express, Chevrolet, and Buick, Gothenburg, and Pony Express Ford, Minden, bringing you a hot meal from Skeeter Barnes, the best Nebraska corn-fed beef, and slow-smoked barbecue in Kearney. Agricultural producers and many others are interested in agricultural land value trends. There's a new Farmland Values book that is out. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. The Department of Agricultural Economics at Kansas State University annually actually collects and reports land value data. The latest numbers just released, and K-State's ag economist Robin Reed teams up with the Kansas Association of Farm Managers and Rural Appraisers to create what is called the Kansas Agricultural Land Values Book. And she says it does have an important purpose. Yeah, obviously this affects a lot of things in an agriculture operation, you know, expanding your operation and buying land is the obvious one, but a lot of it is also with credit. So this makes up most of the net worth on a farming operation is the value of the agricultural land. So obtaining your operating loan and other securities with your operation depends on your land values. And she explains how she and her colleagues came up with these year-by-year trends when it comes to agricultural land prices. So what we do every year, and this is actually the third annual time we put out this comprehensive book. It's a 70 pages, 72 pages this year. In fact, we take land sales data from the Property Valuation Department out of Topeka, And we package that in a way to be most meaningful to those in the agricultural community that want to look at these values. So again, this is the 2020 data. That data then is categorized and reported in such a way that it'll be relevant to individual producers and their operations. Yeah, so what we do is look at nine crop reporting districts in Kansas, and that's just to match what National Ag Statistics Service does or any of the data that you see on farmlands, typically using these same nine crop reporting districts. And then we also look at county-level values if we have enough sales to do so. And the way I look at the land value is three different types, irrigated cropland, non-irrigated cropland, and then pasture and hay ground I combine into one just so we have more observations. But it's important to note I'm really trying to capture the ag land value. So I only look at parcels that are over 70 acres in size, assuming those are selling for ag land. 
And I try to take out any extreme outliers if we have some really low values as a family-to-family sale or some really extremely high values as such as going to development or something like that. So I try to clean this down to just ag value. So then how did farm and ranch land values in Kansas in 2020 compare to those of previous years? All that information has been captured in the K-State's just-released Kansas Ag Land Values book. As Robin Reed assembles these land values summary every year, she talked about the general trends she observed in the 2020 land sales data. Non-irrigated cropland across the state last year sold for $2,032 on average across the state. This is down not even 4% from the five-year average. So my summary of 2020 for non-irrigated cropland is we are remaining flat. We saw a little dip in 2019, but we are right now back up to what we saw in 2017 and 18. And then as you look at irrigation land and grassland, Reed says that in the end, those trends didn't change all that much either last year. Irrigated cropland is a lot more variable. We saw our peak back in 2015. We saw a drop after that, and then it's kind of been bouncing around ever since. So in summary, I'd say that's flat too. There's just a lot more volatility because there's not near as much irrigated ground on the market. But at the state level in 2020, that averaged $3,247. For pasture and hay ground, the average across the state was $1,906. And this is a little higher, actually, than 2019 and 2018. So we are approaching levels that we saw between 2016 and 2017 as far as that pasture and hay ground average. And if you're interested, she does encourage you to dig further into the numbers. As for land values ahead, here's what she's thinking. What I anticipate going forward in 2021 is we are going to see some higher land values. We've been in a fairly depressed market, you know, holding steadier than we expected it to through this downturn in the ag economy. But now we have commodity prices increasing. We had another round of $20 per acre payments that were announced about a month ago. And, you know, things are looking up this year if we can have decent yields. I know we have some dry conditions still persisting in parts of the state, but that will translate into higher land values and probably some higher cash rents as well. Those comments are coming from Kansas State University's agricultural economist, Robin Reed. Now, if you'd like to know more about the book and the latest information on the Kansas Agricultural Land Values Trends book, we encourage you to go to agmanager.info for further information. Again, that website is agmanager.info. And the book just released from Kansas State University is Kansas Agricultural Land Values, a well-utilized resource for those in the ag industry. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network.
In the moment help is needed, a call is made, a phone is answered, and a local volunteer fire department responds. Tune in to 880-KRVN Tuesday, May 4th, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain for our next Rural Radio Forum as we take a look at what keeps rural fire departments in Nebraska running. We'll hear from volunteers, fire chiefs, and state fire and EMS organizations on the role these departments play in rural emergencies. Listen May 4th for the next Rural Radio Forum, focusing on challenges facing rural volunteer fire departments. With the business report for Thursday, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks are wobbling between small gains and losses in midday trading on Wall Street as investors continue to digest corporate earnings reports and the latest economic data. Gains from communications stocks offset a slide by technology companies. A report showed that the U.S. economy grew sharply in the first quarter, a sign that the economic impact of the pandemic may be easing. Also, the number of Americans who filed for unemployment benefits fell again last week. The U.S. economy grew at a brisk 6.4% annual rate last quarter, a show of strength fueled by government aid and declining viral cases that could drive further gains as the nation rebounds with unusual speed from the pandemic recession. Today's report from the Commerce Department estimates that the nation's gross domestic product Its total output of goods and services accelerated in the January-March quarter. Growth in the current April-June period is expected to be faster, still potentially reaching a 10% annual pace or more. The number of Americans applying for unemployment benefits dropped by 13,000 last week to 553,000. That's the lowest level since the pandemic hit last March. The Berkshire Hathaway Annual Shareholders Meeting from an undisclosed location in California is set for Saturday, virtually, while the meeting for the second year in a row will be held without 40,000 shareholders who traditionally flock to Omaha. People can watch the proceedings on the Yahoo Finance website. Berkshire CEO Warren Buffett will take the stage at 12.30 p.m. Central Time to field questions for three and a half hours. He will share the stage with his longtime right-hand man and vice chairman, Charlie Munger. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. We're continuing our Women in Agricultural series. This report is being brought to you by Tyson. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Probably one of the unique interviews I've gotten to do is with Linda Kratzke. She is from Venango, Nebraska, and her daughter Tara nominated her. And her description of her mom is just poetic. She says, when I think about women in agriculture, I have to think of my mother. She went on to say her manicure is not done by a salon, but colored with dirt and oil. One finger is often black and blue from her efforts. You won't catch her in heels, but in muck boots covered in layers from different corners of four-generation operation. And as I spoke to Linda, I asked her what she liked about being on the part of the agricultural operation. She said it's all she's ever done. She really has enjoyed working side by side with her husband, Chuck. But one area she has some frustration with is the need to educate more on the consumers about what happens on the farm. People in the cities need to know where their food comes from. That when they decide to go vegan, vegan or how much stuff they're cutting out of their diet that they're getting the food value out of. Because if you take a cow, the list of stuff that comes out of that, other than just the meat, but the list of byproducts, it's just huge, and people don't realize where some of that stuff even comes from. I mean, we we sell a lot of 
beef and pork individually around here. I make the appointment at the packing plant local. And we've had people who, when it was so bad with COVID last year, they couldn't get meat in the stores and we were introducing them to fresh beef and they couldn't believe the difference in what we produce individually than what the packers put in the stores. They, you know, the, it's just a different flavor. And but most people don't even know where it comes from or even where milk comes from. And it's just appalling because they're making the laws now that hinder us. In Colorado, they're trying to put a bill through where you can't AI, you can't preg check, you can't butcher an animal under a certain age. And that's going to put the animal farmers out of business. Because when we AI or when we preg check, that's a way to, to keep in tune with what our herd is doing. We AI so we don't have to have the $15,000 bull. We can buy the $20 semen to put in a cow. And Linda did stress that the care for the animals is a top priority. You care for them through the beginning all the way through the process because it's part of the farming operation. If, if we didn't take care of our animals, we couldn't get it on the other end. We don't like to see them sick. We have to doctor them. I mean, that's just part of being in the husbandry. I guess I don't understand how people say or how they can rule what we've done for years. And it's hard because those people need to know where stuff comes from. What is what is one of your fondest memories, Linda, of, of being on the farm? I guess when, when we were first married, Chuck's family took me in and taught me how to drive a stick shift or a truck. And it was like I was another daughter slash granddaughter is coming onto the farm. That's part of my conversation with Linda Kratzke. This Women in Agriculture report has been brought to you by the Nebraska College of Technical Agriculture. Later on this week, you'll be able to listen to all the women we featured in a podcast available through our website. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Playpen on the Rural Radio Network as we talk to John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. John, some more whipsaw action once again in the grain complex, particularly in that soybeans, though. It was oil that brought the, the grain lower. Uh, anything to be concerned with? Veggie oil in the world, though, seems to still have extremely strong demand. No, they're kicking people out because it's first notice day. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, you know, Mark and Clerks and those folks don't like, especially retail speculators trading in the, in delivery. It, it's a recipe for disaster. See the, uh, 20, what was it, a year ago on delivery in the oil. Remember when we went negative 40? That's the kind of action that, that all these guys are scared of. In my opinion, you know, be long if you want. It's, it's a simulation for the grain. It's the closest thing you're going to get to be long physical grain via paper markets. You just have to be able to, to deal with the delivery process if somebody would say they want to deliver corn. So that um, I don't think that's going to happen. There might be a few deliveries, but in my opinion, those those deliveries would be mis- misadvised given the cash price here is, you know, 40 over July. So, you know, folks are going to take everything they can to, to get to get it sold, you know, at this price and probably just real in the July futures if the, if the expectation cash price stays here. 
You know, with that May going off the board, I go to the corn contract. What a spread, 53 cents between July and the May contract. Does this give maybe that July contract the boost it needs when May goes off to try and get closer to seven? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think May, watch, watch, just if you have the ability to watch it, some places don't report it. They're going to report the July. But the May contract that trades on the Chicago Order Trade for the first couple of days in May will be fascinating. And the fact of the matter is usually the fireworks in the July versus May spread doesn't really start until tomorrow delivery. Whereas this week alone, we've seen it trade in like a 60 cent range. That's a spread, a two month spread that it's been up and full, uh, up 30, down 30, um, basically at, at certain points. And, um, you know, you're talking about two months of delivery time. That's how tight the market is here. Uh, especially given where, um, you know, we're starting to plant and, you know, I'm not saying there's fear, but it is kind of dry in the northwestern part of the, of the, of the growing region. So short term, you know, I don't know if we'll, we'll really get the July markets above seven, but I think May has another shot here. That's John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. You can learn more when you talk to John and visit DanielZagMarketing.com. Get DanielZagMarketing.com. That's where you can sign up for your free trial of his daily newsletter, This Week in Grain. He sends along with a short video as well to try and bring you up to date on everything that's going on in the grain marketing complex and things to be aware of. Let's check it out again, DanielZagMarketing.com. Do remember, trading futures and options involve risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. You consider these risks before investing. Thank you very much, Clay. That'll wrap up this Thursday edition of Midday. Catch the Midday podcast sponsored by Devaney Motors and iTunes, Spotify, or KRVN.com.